0: Welcome to the Spectrum Series. This podcast is all about learning how to smile through the storms because life is one big spectrum and we each have our own paths to create and our different parts to play. I'm Claudia and throughout the series, I'll be chatting with some amazing people who have their own inspiring stories. So for today's episode, I'll be chatting about mental health with my guest, the fantastic Paul McGregor. We'll be sharing our experiences of how mental health has affected us and chat about the ways we maintain mentally healthy minds. So let's get started. Hi Paul, thank you very much for being here today for the very first episode of the Spectrum series.
1: No worries, I feel it's an honour to be the first one.
0: (laughs) First of many, hopefully. The test. (laughs) This is the test. So you're a mental health advocate and I've known you for about eight months now. I'd say, yeah. It it was crazy because I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this photo of you with like a bandage on your head. Uh (laughs) and I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? So I just had to click on that video and... Just, what was that video about?
1: I think it was a video where I was explaining that mental health is invisible. So, like, if I, if you had a bandage on your head, people would know that you've got a mental health problem. But there's no physical sign of of mental health. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I think I'd had a, a couple of beers before that video. Too, <laughs> <know>.
0: <laughs> I would have had a few after. So. <laughs> yeah. We then, you know, met for a coffee and just here we are now to record this episode and just chat about mental health
1: the joys of social media as well right so
0: yeah, yeah yeah it's amazing It's absolutely amazing it was on facebook and then we just connected on insta and then just so easy just to ping a message over and just chat to somebody it's like just opens opens up the doors to whole new world 100 so you've been doing mental health stuff for a while now how how long has it kind of been and kind of how did you kind of get into it
1: That's a good question. Um, I don't know how long I've been doing it. The original article that I first shared was probably three years ago now. Um, But I shared that article about three years ago, and then I didn't really do much after that. I'd say I've been fully on it the last 14 months, probably about 14 months. Um, And, yeah, the the reason how I started it was I was affected. Um, So... I'm sure we'll touch on the story a little bit more. I lost my dad's suicide back in 2009. Didn't deal with it really. And kind of avoided it, ignored it. Then sort of maybe two years later, found myself in a really dark place. But managed to find, um, get myself out of that. And by talking to someone. And I always kind of explain it as I never spoke to anyone about it for like two years. Then one person. And then I spent five years um, just dealing with it still on my own. And then finally sort of sharing it more publicly. Um, but even then, like it wasn't an overnight thing. It was like mm-hmm. the blog post, waited a while. Then it was a couple of posts on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Then I got the courage to do a bandage on my head. And, <laughs> and then it's, you know, public speaking yeah. and it's kind of just progressed from So right. it was
0: more of like process rather than just A to B. How can we express, how can, exactly. we how can you go through all of these different patterns?
1: Yeah, 100%. And that's the question I always get asked. How do you stand on stage and talk so openly about Mm. something so um, painful in your life? Yeah. And I always kind of say that no one really saw like the seven years where I didn't even speak to anyone about it. And that's the process. Like that's me personally dealing with it
0: first. It's almost like that healing that comes through doing it as well. I think there's such, you know, I've only been doing this now for three, four months and already it's more of a healing because you actually get to, share your story to people who not only affected by it but
1: exactly in- it's massively it's meaningful like in, and work that you do that's meaningful is obviously you know it's more of a it's purposeful work and um, before what I was doing really wasn't um, on purpose so Um, Yeah, it's it's therapeutic, but there's some days where you just don't want to talk about mental health. I just just want to run away. I just just literally no one even mentioned the word. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. But it it is really, really good to to speak about it a lot more.
0: I think it's so important to have those down days as well where you can just chill and just not have to think about it. I mean, obviously still think about it and it's a career, it's your life. But having those days when you can just go, you know what, I'm going to take this day, self-care day. Exactly. In amongst the chaos and, yeah. you know, before you can help others, you need to help yourself. I see it. And that's it, that's,
1: and that's the main thing, it's like, I have to put myself first before I do the work that I do. same with being a parent, you know, you have to put yourself mm. first before you, you know, you, you can be the best dad or mum that yeah. you can be. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So, we met on social media, but how do you think that social media has, you know, played a role in today's, you know, we see it all the time, kids getting bullied online and people, you know, hiding behind these fake names and typing away, not really expressing their emotions. How do you think that we can kind of tackle social media and why is that such a big, big thing in today's generation, you know?
1: I'd, I've, I've changed my mind on this a little bit. I don't, I don't know if social media is the problem or if it's just human beings. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think social media causes us to hide behind a profile yeah. and, and be nasty. I just think that's someone being let down with... Mm what they've been taught is, is, you know, human behavior. Um, but social media, yeah, there's a lot of negatives to it. Like comparing ourselves, everyone shows the highlight reel. And, yeah. you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm looking at everyone's best moments. And I'm like, why Just is my life that. like that? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's negative. But as you said, there's so many positives. I, I wouldn't do the work I do without having social media. Social media is the platform that mm-hmm. allows my story to be amplified. Like before social media, I'd have to wait for, I don't know, a magazine to reach yeah, out to me yeah, and be yeah. like, yeah, we'll share your story. And then that's it. Whereas, you know, social media gives me that platform to yeah. to share and, you know, reach more people.
0: I guess for me as well, working in, you know, theatre and an artsy background, using social media as a means to actually communicate with people through, like, virtual reality and using, you know... Filmmaking, yeah,
1: and I think that's that's, an, that's another benefit is the connection element of it as mm. well. You can meet so many people on social media, and also as well the thing that I've seen, especially within the, within mental health, is when you're when you're struggling with mental health, you feel like alone. You feel yeah. like no one understands, and that's probably it was even harder when you didn't have social media. Mm. You know, now you can be struggling with you know OCD or um, like for my instance, like losing someone to suicide. You feel very alone. But in fact, now, you, you know, there's people on social media that have a similar story and you can relate to them and you yeah. can connect with them and you don't feel as alone now with social media. Yeah. So, so there's, a, there's so many more benefits than people, you know, document. Mm,
0: mm. And speaking of documenting, you recently published a book, didn't you? Uh, Man Up, Man Down.
1: Man Up, Man Down, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, just seen the new cover. Yeah, loving you like the it? New, um, loving the new cover. Do you prefer it? Or? I, I prefer it. I Good. prefer it. I, I, I think it's, like, the old cover was good, but this one stands out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because they've, they've kind of come in, they've got um, a new sales director come in for the publishing company, Trigger Press, and they sort of said, you know, we want to revamp some of the covers. And when they said that, it was funny, I was in a WH Smith, and I was looking, I was looking, <laughs> I was thinking, I like the cover of my book, but I just don't think it would fit in here. And um, it's good because the cover looks quite commercial, but it's still yeah. a very sort of, you know, sensitive subject. But also, I'm very fussy with graphics, like... <laughs>
0: oh that, me too don't worry it's gonna be that, perfect exactly it's that cover there
1: was many many revisions before that was yeah that's fine and they sent this through and I think I only made one change and it was it was you know it's a good cover yeah. when you're like when I like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it just like actually that's Robin. pretty good so um yeah but yeah it was it was a good process writing the book and um again kind of like you said it's very um therapeutic in a way but um there was times where I just couldn't be bothered to write, yeah. and and then when you had like a deadline set, and I missed the deadline, and it mm-hmm. kind of um, and then putting it out there, was, yeah. There were so many so many challenges along the way, but I'm glad that it's out there now.
0: So it's actually about um, your dad's suicide, isn't it? Yeah. How, how long ago was that now? Is it,
1: yeah. So 2009. So um, it kind of the book starts about the day that it happened, kind of um how that impacted us, and then it reverts back to sort of me being a baby and what everything was like growing up and me kind of tracing back to school. And I would talk about how at school I was very sort of confident, outgoing, played football, had friends, but actually was quite insecure and, Mm. you know, anxious back then, but back then I didn't know it was anxiety. Um, And then obviously progress forward into sort of dad's um, problems. And yeah, then it's kind of like a, it's a story in the fact of how I dealt with it, what helped me. It's not a self-help book, but there's the lessons that yeah. I've learned, yeah, and um, other things that happen after um, dead yeah. suicide. And, yeah, it's kind of, it was hard to kind of look back um, and, and write it all and then get it out there. Like, yeah. the hardest thing was getting it out there and actually thinking, one, are people even going to read it or like it? And that was – it's never the intention to sell a lot of books, but I just thought, well, people like it. And, two, it's very sensitive and, you know, yeah. my mum – would my mum like it would she be proud of it there's a few things about her that you know um she's never really like discussed and Mm. I remember that was my biggest fear and I had a text from her like read the book in one night didn't go to bed till like four in the morning on kindle and she's like I'm super proud of you I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm happy with how you you wrote about it so um but yeah there was there was a lot of emotions around it but I'm glad it's out there now
0: you kind of talk about a lot about male suicides now for me being non-binary you know i don't identify with gender but i see it all the time oh if you don't identify as female you're not allowed to show any kind of emotion and you know mm. you're not a, you have to hide behind you know mm. it's macho mentality I
1: think, I think we need to redefine what not redefine masculinity but like everyone should define it themselves so like how I define being a man may be different to the way someone else defines being a man I think the key thing is is that you have that self-awareness and you understand that you don't have to conform to what like society tells you this is how you should be a man absolutely Um, like for me there's things that like help me which is your typical you know now way of dealing with things like football football (laughs) yeah (laughs) drinking beer which isn't necessarily good but like you know what I mean going to the gym maybe just lifting heavy weights things like that helps me but um, so does like crying and therapy, yeah. and, you know, letting my kids, my boys know that it's okay to cry. And maybe that would be seen as, you know, weak in the older sort of generations. Um, but yeah, I think, I think masculinity, like we need to define it ourselves rather than let someone else define it for us.
0: Mm. You know, it's, it's about redefining what we see as not just gender, but what we, it labels in general, how we perceive the world and how the world perceives us and mm. setting our own our own stamp on the world so that we what do, what do you think
1: of labels like?
0: I think labels... You know, sometimes labels are a good thing. Like, I got a diagnosis of, you know, autism and then OCD, um, anxiety, depression and bulimic tendencies um, after a suicide attempt hospital about five years ago. And those labels, at first, they were such a weight lifted off because you kind of thought, like, there is a reason why I am like this and I'm not just this crazy kid who, you know... Mm. Just goes about. Their it gave life. you like
1: a bit of closure in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it kind of made. I I always knew that I had something, but I didn't know that there was an actual label for it or there was a term for it. But I think that we go so heavily on labels now, and we stereotype based on what we see and what we hear and what we re- we read. Like without actually, you know, walking down the street, nobody would know that I was autistic, or nobody would mm. know that somebody has depression you know it isn't always visible and you don't have to you know have physical scars to see that you, yeah. you can be damaged on the insides you know you can be struggling with something without necessarily having a physical label going hey look at me I'm depressed or you know I've got OCD I guess labels give you that sense of belonging but they also allow you to almost rewrite your own label and make mm. it kind of redefine what it means to you, yeah, not 100%. to the world.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think um someone asked this question the other day and I was doing a talk about vulnerability. I talk a lot about vulnerability being strength and yeah. they said when does vulnerability cause us to actually maybe not push forward? Um and my whole thing was when i let my dad's situation define me like that was my life like my dad took his life like i'm never going to move forward all of that i was in a very dark place yeah. but like knowing that that's part of me but it's not what defines me yeah like what helps me move forward like mm. and i think that's the thing with labels as well isn't it i think people that allow those labels to a hundred percent define them may always may always feel trapped maybe i'm being ignorant but i feel like they might not be able to move forward but it's like having that this is why i'm like this mm. but it doesn't mean that it's going to take over my life
0: it's almost like that piece of chewing gum on the bottom of your shoe which is always there which you can't get rid of but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you try and get rid of it you scrape it off and it's still there yeah, it's like yeah. you know analogy number one folks
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what are some of your next steps in terms of like mental health for you any projects Lined up or? Loads. <laughs>
1: um, we're, doing, we're doing one, we're doing a, a short documentary. Um, we did a crowd funder for it and raised a bit of money and we've took some um, backing outside of that as well. The aim of the documentary is we're going to do a short version of it. Um, we're going to base it around guilt. Um, one of the emotions that like held me back for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, guilt, not only if you lose someone to suicide, but there's a guilt attached to a lot of stuff that we do, especially with mental health. Um, you know, if we're struggling with depression, and we've got children, there's a lot of guilt that's attached to that. So we're going to really explore that. So that's the one thing that we're working on. The second thing that I'm working on is is sort of a digital platform that targets employees. And, you know, also, we're trying to roll it out into schools as well, um, to really try and support people at work and at school with, with mental health. Um, and then just continuing like the talks, the social yeah, media content, yeah. it's just there's a lot but i've come to also realize that this is what i want to do for as long as it takes and yeah. that you know it's not going to change overnight and knowing that i'm enjoying it right now like i love the process so if if this takes 10 20 30 years it'd be nice to kind of look back and say like you know i i and we was a part of something that changed yeah. how society looked at mental health so that's the the long-term goal
0: that's the big thing is looking is kind of looking back you know I know when you look back on things there is that guilt there Mm. is that level of oh why aren't I recovered by now you know it's kind of showing that it's a lifelong thing and when you look back at it you can be so not just proud of what you've achieved but it helps others as well
1: 100% I, I put something out today actually about how people that I've connected with like you other people that have reached out to me via social media um they're the strongest people i know like because of the the battles that they have every single day without people knowing that they're having those battles like i see that as such a strength but still you know we look at that as someone who's weak because you know maybe they can't deal with things differently it's and i'm very very grateful and lucky that i don't have like a diagnosed mental illness or anything like that i was affected by my dad's suicide um which was which was i wouldn't wish on anyone i believe that i struggle with depression and anxiety but you know people like you that do a lot of work and other advocates as well that have to you know battle every single day as well and i'm not saying that i'm immune like i had, <laughs> I had a bad weekend the other weekend is it that
0: bandage which she's yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's I had,
1: a, I had a bad weekend the other weekend but um, i'm very grateful that um i've managed to come through that and push forward and i think everyone who, who struggles with mental health is extremely strong
0: and that's the thing you know you don't have to have a diagnosis you know it's, it's like family support networks they get affected you know when i went through a rough patch my whole support network it didn't tumble but it kind of felt like they didn't understand how to grieve and mm. how to deal with the repercussions of you know certain actions which happened certain events which took place
1: i don't you don't have to understand you just have to show compassion like i would never understand like what you were going through, but it doesn't mean that I can't show compassion and yeah. I can't be like, I don't understand what you're going through right now, but um, you know, I'm just letting you know that I'm here and, and trying to help you through the whole process. I think we're very quick if we don't understand that like, oh, we can't help, so yes. someone else needs to help. It's
0: like disregarding it, like, exactly. oh, I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Bye. I don't understand, so I'm I'm not qualified enough to help you. I don't feel that that's the case. It's more of I don't understand, I can show you compassion, but I'm also gonna support you to get the professional help that yeah. you need, you know? And it's, I feel like I talk a lot about it in my corporate talks is that it's ask, listen, signpost. A lot of people don't ask because they fear that the, you know, what are you gonna say? Yeah. I've got to now carry that. What if I say something wrong? Will I cause more issues than there are? it's like
0: there's trigger words you know what's the good thing to say and what's not
1: exactly and and we we fear that so we don't even ask so i just let you (laughs) struggle (laughs) because i'm not qualified enough to do so and then you know secondly when we do ask and we listen i now think i need to become a therapist so i've got to cure all of your problems otherwise i've failed you know so it's more of like ask listen signpost, approach have a conversation listen but know that i'm not the professional to help you but i'm going to support you and here's someone to go and talk yeah. to and i just think we have to like normalize the conversations and have more absolutely. conversations
0: absolutely and you know normalizing it everyone does have mental health and it doesn't matter whether it's diagnosed undiagnosed you know they say it's one in four but it is one in one exactly so everyone you know has down days everyone the spectrum Yeah, it is a spectrum series. No,
1: it's it's true because I say this, I see mental health very similar to physical health. Like if I, we all have physical health. Some people are unhealthy. Some people are healthier. Some people can run a marathon. Some people can't. Um, And I think mental health is the same. It's like some people struggle with anxiety. Some people deal with stresses differently. Some people, you know, and we all have these different spectrums of mental health. I think as well, we all have mental health and we need to start addressing that also know that if we don't deal with small mental health problems, they will turn into a mental illness. Very similar to if we don't Absolutely. deal with a physical health issue, it will turn into a physical illness. Um, so I think, yeah, like you say, we need to address the fact that we all have mental health and there's a spectrum of it and we need to start having more conversations around it.
0: So speaking of conversations, what would you say to anyone who's kind of struggling with their mental health right now who is you know, unsure of where to go. I
1: think the first thing is that you just have to know, and this is so cliche in the mental health space, but you're not, you're not alone. Like, you know, there's so many others going through that and your mind's going to be telling you that you're alone, you're isolated, no one's going to help you, but it's just not the case. Um, So knowing that you're not alone. And then two, there are so many resources out there and I hate saying it, but like there's so many good charities picking up the slack from the NHS. But, you know, there's so many support lines, you've got like 24 seven text lines, mm-hmm. crisis lines. Yeah,
0: there's a new one out, isn't there? Shout, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, which is really
1: great. Um, you know, there's a designated hotline for men, for yeah. you know, youngsters, there's you know, so much resources out there as well now. So I would firstly say, like, know that you're not alone, that it's okay to seek help. And then secondly, have a little look at some of the resources and support out there. And for me personally, what helped me was trying a lot, like trying a lot, seeing what yeah. helped. You know if, if that helped do more of that if that didn't help don't do any of I think that that's again. what
0: one of the things which I've got is I've got almost this um, box it's, it's like a mental box not mm. a physical toolbox but it you know you can put whatever you think into it swimming helps You can go into the gym running just meeting up with mates
1: and I think on that note as well it's like start small yeah just like everyone says oh I've said it. Yeah. you know what helped me was exercise but what didn't help me back then was committing to going on a five mile run when I was struggling to get out of bed. Your mind's like, you're a failure. You didn't go for a run. And then you just get lower and lower and lower. So I think do those things, but just start small. Like for me, it was like 10 press ups and then 11, then 12, then 13, yeah. then still got a terrible chest. And then, <laughs> and then like going for a five minute walk then 10 minute run do you know what I mean and then, yeah. and then building it up slowly it's um,
0: so like that 1% every day getting yeah, exactly. better just pushing forward baby steps way forward
1: exactly and, th- and then you will get to a better place like yeah. if you commit to too much and you're in that really really low place you'll never do it
0: So on that note, I think that we've reached the end of today's episode. Thank you so much to my guest, Paul McGregor, for being here. If you've enjoyed today's episode, it would be really, really great if you could like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your mates. You know, we can show that life is one big spectrum. I'm Claudia, and this has been the Spectrum Series. Be creative, be inspired, be you.